Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. Today's a pretty significant day. It's Pentecost, and it's even more significant at the moment because it's falling on the same week for Jews and Christians. That's not a common occurrence. Pentecost marks the day that the Holy Spirit descended on 120 members of the fledgling Christian church as they prayed together. In fact, it was the birth of the Christian church. And today it's marked as a time of renewal for Christian believers. And today it's marked as a time of renewal for Christian believers. So on such a day, Bob Mendelssohn, the Australasian Director of Jews for Jesus is joining us on Open House. Bob, welcome. Shalom, Lee. <laughs> Lovely. Welcome and uh, great to see you. For those not too familiar with the historical event, Bob, take us through that. Pentecost for the Christian begins at Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit falls on 120 Jews. But Pentecost is actually uh, an agricultural holiday that began 1,500 years before that when the Jewish people were wandering in the wilderness. And God gave us certain holidays in Leviticus 23 by which we would recall our own history. Passover's one, Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles. Those were agricultural renewal times for the Jewish people. It's significant because Pentecost, called in Hebrew Shavuot, or the Feast of Weeks, is exactly seven weeks and a day after the Feast of Passover, and it marks for Jewish people the time of the giving of the law. And it was all the more emphasized with the arrival of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. It is culminated in that for Christians as they see a different kind of reality. But the giving of Torah, the giving of the law is still huge and the, probably the number one event after Passover for Jewish people. In the book of Acts, it says 3,000 people realized the truth of Jesus on that day and became followers. How would you describe what the Holy Spirit did that day, how that worked? We'll see the DVD when we get to heaven, and yeah, we'll all sort yes. that out. I think there's a couple significant things here. Number one, it says about 3,000 gave their lives to the Lord and were baptized that day. Now, the the Bible is very precise on numbers, and to see an about 3,000 is not random. It's, yes. uh, uh, it's pretty striking. How many 153 fish were collected on the day of the resurrection? And the number of specific Jews who came out tribe by tribe is listed in the book of Numbers. So when we see about 3,000, that already should strike us. The only other time we see that same phrase, about 3,000, is on the day of the giving of Torah, when about 3,000 Jews were killed by Moses and the Levites because they were living riotously. So in the Older Testament, Exodus 32, we see about 3,000 dying. In the Newer Testament, about 3,000 on the day of Pentecost are coming alive. It is a massively significant thing to see, if you will, law v. grace in that one. Yes. So how is this day marked for each of the faith communities, Jews and Christians? Jewish people will stay up all night. We, we did on Saturday night. We stayed up all night eating dairy products and reading the book of Ruth. And today we would have been reading the book of Ezekiel chapter 1. Uh, Ruth, of course, a harvest festival motif. And she was also uh, directly related to King David, who died, according to the tradition, on the Feast of Weeks. 
dairy products because the word of God is like milk and honey. So we eat that. Blintzes, always an excuse to eat. That's always good. Um, <laughs> and then we celebrate with the Torah. I mean, we read the Torah. It's a beautiful book and it's God's word to us. So those are all part and parcel of Jewish expression. In the Christian church, it, as you said in the intro, is a time of uh, renewal. And we'll see a lot of Christian churches in the high church tradition uh, carrying on a confirmation ceremony and uh, a personal choice. Some people in the high church are baptized when they're babies, and then they make a statement of faith on Pentecost. Uh, some in the Pentecostal tradition use this as a time to call everybody forward for a baptism in the Holy Spirit or renewal. It's always good. Fifteen times in the Newer Testament, the phrase filled with or baptized in the Holy Spirit is used. And after each time, speaking occurs. So it's a time really when I want to say, as an evangelist as I am, that the church gets renewed. That's all beautiful. Now let's get out and tell somebody about it. Yeah. What's your own story, Bob, bridging the two faiths, Jewish I, and Christian? I was born, bred, and buttered uh, an Orthodox Jew in Kansas City in the center of the United States and had some of my own questionable living as a teenager, but always dedicated and devoted to things Jewish and being a good Jew. And when I was 19 years old, some Jesus freaks approached me with the gospel of the Lord Jesus, and I knocked them back straight away. Come on, I'm Jewish. I know these things. And they were only four months old in the Lord. They didn't know very much, and I knew my stuff as an Orthodox Jew. Yes. But I read the Newer Testament, that book they gave me, and I'd never seen it before. I mean, why would I read it? St. Matthew, St. Mark. Saint... I thought they were all Catholics. And then I began to read it. It was the pages of the Newer Testament itself that compelled me to follow Jesus. So I, I gave my life to him May of 1971, went home, told my mom and dad, and they threw me out of the house. At 19 years old, it wasn't a pleasant time. It's the social cost for most Jewish people that prevents our even investigating the possibility that Jesus might be the Messiah. Had you realized that risk in taking that step? I, I knew that Jesus was not for us, but how much that would cost me, I don't think I knew. And uh, was it worth the cost? Yeah, very much. It, I didn't feel right at the time. But I was a hippie and hitchhiking around the U.S. And when I was there in Kansas City, May of 71, that's when I asked Jesus to be my Savior, and he, he took over. It was uh, a, a Thanksgiving that I continue to have four decades on. My mom and dad and I got back in good relationship later, which was healthy. Uh, but the, it's the... Sometimes people say, well, you used to be a Jew. Now you're a Christian. Yes. It's not so. Um, it's sort of like you used to, Lee, you used to be a male, and now what are you, a Christian? Uh, or you used to be free, and now you're, what, a Christian? No, it's it's who I am. Being a Jew is who I am. There's nothing I can do, nor do I want to do to change that. So Pentecost, Shavuot for me, is both a time of the giving of Torah and the receiving of the Holy Spirit. It's a beautiful time. So it is possible to bridge that gap and be so. both. I've lived as a Jewish Christian for 40 years. I think the Apostle Paul did. I think the early church did. I think it took place in Israel, not in Rome or Canterbury or, thank God, not in Salt Lake City. It was <laughs> a, a very Jewish reality. And the question in the first century might have been, wait a minute. Gentiles believing in Jesus? 
How can this be? So now two millennia on, we're going to switch that around? No, it's very stock. It's very standard. It's right for a Jew to come to faith in Jesus. So today you're an evangelist, as you say. You spread the word of Jesus among the Jewish community. How is that received? Again, because there is a great weight in this step that they take. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's, it's a social cost. Most Jewish people don't really care if it's theologically accurate. They just want to know, are any other Jews coming to this? Is it socially acceptable for me? And one of the great things about Jews for Jesus is that we are itself a community of faith into which someone can come and not lose their stripes, if you will, not lose their identity. You can still say the Shema. You can still have Shavuot. You can still eat blintzes on Pentecost and not give it up. That's who we are. And Yeshua, Jesus, never asked us to go out and have a ham sandwich on a Sunday at the potluck. (laughs) You know, so it's very, very much acceptable. Um, Look, I travel the country and over to New Zealand next month. I'm trying to get all around uh, Perth and Adelaide. We get everywhere, Melbourne, to share the gospel with Jewish people. And one by one, Jewish people are taking this on board. Oh, to be sure, there are plenty of Jewish folk who say, (laughs) over my dead body, and how could I spit on the graves of my ancestors and even consider it? Sure, that happens. But one by one, I'm seeing a real response within the Jewish community of Australasia. Why do you say they should consider Jesus? If he is the Messiah foretold by our prophets in our scriptures, then we ought to at least consider it. If he's not the Messiah, then not even Gentiles like you, Lee, ought to believe. So it's really a matter of who is Jesus, not so much a matter of what is the organization saying about him. What did he say about himself? What did he do to depict that? And what did God do to validate that? That's what the resurrection is all about. The miracles were all about his own personal testimony. But what did God do in raising Yeshua from the dead? That's an awesome statement. If he is the Messiah, so be it. So your argument is historical, not just for the sake of an argument. That's right. It would be based on the facts. What did Jesus say about himself? What did the Bible say about the coming Messiah? And do those match? If they don't match, toss it out. If they do match, then there are implications for me as a person. Bob Mendelson, enjoyed our chat. Thanks very much for coming in. Thanks so much. On Lee. Open House. We hope you enjoyed this Open House podcast. Thanks to Christian Super and Real World Technology Solutions. To hear more from Open House, visit openhousecommunity.com.au.